Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware, and we're in the endgame now. <laughs> I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Uh, this week on Shelf Aware, we read Animorphs, number 45, The Revelation, by K.A. Applegate and Ellen Giroux. What'd you think? This was so good. This was one of the best Animorphs books. Truly? Coming from a Marco POV that I thought was going to be a rehash of the same story we've already mm-hmm. gotten from him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Things were happening. Things were. Plot. First of all, overarching plot, not just like this one book yes. has a plot that's dumb. Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to Australia in this one. No, we're not. Um, But yeah, this is really setting up like. These are the last 10 books of the series and mm-hmm. shit is finally happening. Like the past, I don't know, 35 books didn't mean anything. <laughs> I mean, there were like bits and pieces that yeah. kind of added to it, but nothing is, this was major. This was ground changing shit. so good. God. The lore I craved, the just, I don't the know. Character the character angst. Yes. Oh my gosh. Margo makes some hard decisions for a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. This is this is the Animorphs content I have been craving. And Ellen is like, she did the Tobias torture book and then mm-hmm. the follow-up Tobias book. And I think she did another she's cut she's gonna do another one, I think, before yeah. we get to I the think end. This one was the best of hers so I far. Um the Tobias torture one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh the follow-up one was eh, I don't think I was as fan a big a fan of that one. Good. Yeah. Um but this one was like knocked it out of the park. Uh, props to Ellen. Yes, I agree. I feel like she does this, like, she has a very good balance for teen angst versus, like, very serious topics, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. Marco definitely is all up in his feelings about, like, but my dad is supposed to love my mom. How can he also love another woman equally? Like, he has clearly moved on. Or more. Or more, yeah. And he has clearly moved on, but now I have to make this decision of, like, telling him my mom is still alive and like what do i do about the nora thing how much of this Ugh, do I tell the my mom? nora and the, oh, the nora of the situation my goodness and then, like same with the tobias thing we get like he yes he is he is a hawk boy alien situation but he's like being tortured and remembering his like passive when like his childhood neglect and and the bullying and everything and it's just i don't know she just has a really good grasp on teenage angst over serious issues Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i felt it to be very authentic yes i think that like um she does a a great job of kind of balancing like i feel like sometimes it can feel a bit cheesy with like oh you guys are dealing with real world stuff versus uh uh animorph stuff right of especially at this point in the series where it's like okay you kind of need to get over it, right? But, like, I think she does a really good job of being, like, this is how these kids' lived lives affect this war, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very uh, humanizing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, stuff is happening on such a grand scale, but it's so personal to teenagers, Mm -hmm. which, yeah. Of course. This is so good. Also, I want to give a huge shout-out to the uh, Marco-Rachel friendship in this book, which was chef's kiss. Amazing. Um, they are best friends and I love it. Yes. I, I like this, this, this friendship pairing a lot because we get like Rachel's absolute, like just brutality. She wants to hit something. Mm-hmm. And Marco's like, I can tact tactfully deploy that. <laughs> yes. 
Whereas Jake is always like, no, Rachel, we have to hold you back. You can't just let loose. But Marco is like, in this situation, I need Rachel to let loose. And I also think that, like, we have been told a lot that Marco and Jake are best friends. I think I've made this argument before that Marco and Jake are kind of best friends in name, in name only, only at this point. Yeah. Um, but I think this this book really kind of exemplifies that where, like, every time Marco is looking for, like, um, like not even in battle, backup. but, yeah, like, backup, like, emotionally, Rachel is able to give it to him, like, in a way that is not... Uh, that is what he needs, right? Like, mm-hmm. when he's like, I couldn't do it, it was my mom. And Rachel's like, you guys don't understand you weren't there, right? Yes. Like, Rachel is like, he did what he had to do. You guys need to shut the fuck up about it, basically. Yes. Whereas yeah. Jake, be- because of his role as a leader, for all of the faults that I have in Jake, you know, because of his role as a leader, he cannot be Mr. Like, friendship, friendship, buddy, buddy anymore, right? Yes, he has to be, like, a pedestal above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, like, we really see how... Marco and Rachel, uh, how their friendship has kind of developed over the series at this point where um, they really, they, they've got each other's backs, you know? Yeah, yeah, because I would even say, like, at the beginning of the series, like, they didn't like each other very much at all. And while we still get that, like, banter between the two of them, we're like, ooh, Marco's gross, and oh, Rachel's mm-hmm. stuck up, but I think now it's from a more loving place than it yeah. was in the beginning. Agreed. Yes. Oh, so good. Well, I guess we just get right into it with these, don't we? We don't have any. Yeah, we don't have the we don't have like the 20 minutes up top of us discussing the history of this book. Yeah. So Uh, we just talk about it. (laughs) 1996. (laughs) Okay. So as you probably picked up, this is Marco POV. Marco's dad comes home from work in a really good mood one day and he's like boy howdy i'm probably about to get a raise and a promotion because i have just discovered zero space and marco's like oh shit because <laughs> he knows about zero space but you other humans should not <laughs> now there there is obviously the hand wave here of like it's convenient that <laughs> what the humans have discovered they are calling zero space yeah is also what the andalites call zero space and they kind of build it up with like marco's dad being like i've just discovered this place where where the math and the da 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 and what else would you call it but zero space and marco's like oh fuck the thing he's been describing is zero space like oh no (laughs) the real zero space that i've been in they they do the work i think of of uh being like okay yes we get that that's a coincidence but it would also be too confusing to introduce another name for this thing. So here's yes. how it works. Like- yeah. Yeah. I gave him a pass for that. It, yeah. <laughs> it was very, very convenient, though. Um, Marco rightly assumes that the Yerks will now be highly interested in infesting his dad more so than they have been before. Like, I think they've made... Uh, movements toward being like, hey, when it come to the sharing, it's real cool. You can pick up chicks with your son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> weird, weird stuff. Very weird party. We also get this um, thing from, and this might have been in your summary, but this thing with Marco being like, maybe my dad's already been yerked. And mm-hmm. his dad is like, let's go on a five-day vacation, which is two days longer than I would need as a yerk to have to recharge my yerk brain very conveniently. <laughs> so you know that because I'm saying let's go on a five-day vacation, I am not a I'm yerk. Not a and yerk Marco's like, cool, cool. Yet. Not a yerk. Yeah. Great. <laughs> So Marco calls up the Bandalites, he informs them of the sitch, and they're all like, well, let's just do a stakeout, but Marco, don't get too involved, because we saw how what happened when you knew about your mom, and we don't want that to repeat itself. Jake and Cassie kind of like 
share a look and Marco's like, Ugh, they just don't trust me, which I mean, eh. <laughs> 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 whatever. I mean, I think it's, I, I feel like these kids are so unfair to themselves when they're like, they just don't trust me to not want my dad to die. It's like, yeah, they shouldn't because you shouldn't. That should be like, that is a normal response for a leader to have. If someone is close to the situation to not put them on that mission. Exactly. Like, but they, they see it as such a failing on their part of like, of course I will willingly watch my dad be sacrificed to the Yerks. Of course I will, Jake. How dare you think that I won't? <laughs> I know. Why do we even bother pretending? Because he immediately does not. Right. <laughs> like Marco just be like, of course I was I was worried about this. He's my only like parent left that hasn't been yerked. So I don't know. I I I don't I I get very tired of of these like morality battles that they have, mm. like these internal morality battles. I'm like, it's okay to like it's okay to be real fucked up about this situation. That is your dad. And if you see him about to get yerked, like, what? why would – I don't know. <laughs> I think it, it. part of it comes down to the fact that there's six of them doing this. So it's like, okay, if every time one of us has, like, a moral issue with something, we sit it out, like, there's not going to be anyone to do these missions. Exactly. So we keep getting put in these positions where we have to have moral qualms about things, which, like – normally if there was a big enough group doing this that they could kind of pick and choose more right of, yes they can't because there's six of them so like, right right so they have to keep having these like moral conundrums instead of just doing the thing we want them to do which is sitting out of any mission that has like, yes and of course it has to be people that are close to them that are getting here because why uh-huh. else would we care <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that would be a boring series, right? <laughs> yes, we're tired of the strangers getting yerked and us having to worry about it, so. <laughs> so, late one night, Marco's dad gets a, a phone call that's like, your coworker has died and you need to come in to, to work or something immediately. Which, Wild. What? <laughs> what? They, they, they don't say he needs to come to work. They say he needs to go to the man's house. Oh, that's what it is, yes. To comfort the widow, which... What? what? Okay, because Marco has lost, or Marco's dad has lost a spouse, they're like, you, you know would understand. That is overstepping so many boundaries. 100%. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, no, thank you. Also, I will be talking to HR. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> Who are you? We are a company. We are not family. Like, this yes. is not Olive Garden. I work for an engineering firm. Yeah, but hey, thanks for bringing that up. That really fucked me yes. up for a long time. So glad thank to relive so these much. memories. Thank you so much. Also, hasn't Marco's dad only been, like, working at this place for a little while because he was, like... Yeah, because he wasn't working at the beginning yeah. of the series. Yeah. Because he was, like, fucked up he by his wife's death. Depressed. So Yeah. Can you imagine you've got, like... I don't know how long it's been since he got this job, but, like, a, Maybe you've been a at year, a job for, like, year a, a year. Yeah. And some coworker calls you up at, like, 11 hey, at night and your wife like, has died. <laughs> hey, your wife's dead, right, buddy? <laughs> Hey, why don't you go join the Dead Spouse Club? Hey, you sent me that pity invitation to your new wife, uh, you know, earlier to your new (laughs) wife's wedding earlier this month. Uh, You want to you want to come talk about your old dead wife with uh, this woman whose husband has just died five minutes ago? (laughs) No, I super don't want to do that, actually. Uh, Too bad. This is going on your next performance report, Marco's dad. <laughs> I just I just discovered Z Space. You can fucking try and write me up, dude. <laughs> uh, 
Marco thinks this is sus, so he calls up Rachel, and he's like, hey, meet me at this address. We might need to punch some guys. <laughs> he tries to call up Jake, but uh, Jake's brother picks up, and he's like, JK, never mind. Tom's like, who is this? <laughs> I just learned how to star 69, the book, like, actually says. Like, yeah, Tom learned how to star 69. God. Good for Tom. Good for yeah. Tom. And once he gets to this address, Marco sees his dad about to get yerked up. Like, they've got his head hanging over the pool. Marco decides to throw all caution to the wind, goes gorilla, and punches all the controllers and saves his dad. Rachel gets there, and she's 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 there to help out. Um, and then Marco, as a gorilla, gets into the car with his dad and tells his dad to just drive away. And he's speaking in, like, this low voice. So that his low dad doesn't recognize speech. He's like, just drive. <laughs> Which, like, again, we've talked before about, like, thought speech and how would that even work as, like, yeah, what is how do you have a voice as like? thought speech? Right. Yeah. Like, but apparently it just sounds like your voice, which is wild because Andalites don't have voices. Exactly. So why did they program that into the, I don't know. They all sound like Siri or Google. <laughs> Is my imagination. <laughs> the Andalites specifically. <laughs> Marco and his gorilla Marco and his dad are driving down the road. Gorilla, gorilla Marco has fully pulled the car door off of his side of the car, also. So he decides to demorph and he's like, Hey dad, it's me. Um, I'm about to drop a huge knowledge bomb on you. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess what else do you do at this point? Because I, I think he even, like, says that. He's like, well, I'm kind of out of options here because mm-hmm. unless they bring his dad into the fold, the Yerks are going to keep trying to yerk him. him. Yes, yes. So. I think Marco's like, plan, he, plan here was sound. Like, yeah. save my dad. Whatever happens in the rest of this book, like, this was this was a decent plan. Their dad is, like, the is a VIP for the resistance because he can create zero space transmitters or whatever yes. it is he's doing. As we, you know, as we find out later, he does have that ability to actually do that for them. So, I mean, like this is, they have been so this is more important hope, than Tom. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like the fact that Tom is a yerk, not, not great. That but sucks, like, yeah. Saving Marco's dad is a tactical move mm-hmm. in addition to any emotional one yeah. for Marco. Just so how I, think- I believe that like saving Marco's mom should also be a priority because she has all the knowledge of Visser one in her head. So every time mm-hmm. they're like, we need to save my mom. I'm like, yes, you do. No, <laughs> moms are useless. We no. know this. Yeah, so we all hate mothers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they're at a diner and Marco's just spitting all this truth about the Animorphs and Visser one. And then Marco's dad is like, we have to go back to get Nora, my math teacher wife, because I love her as much as I loved your mom, Marco, if not more than. And Marco was like, oh, why did I never, like, I know you married the woman, but why did I never realize that meant you loved her? This is really hitting me hard right now to have to come to this realization in a diner at 3 a.m. Well, and I mean, for Marco, I think that he probably has this, because he knows his mom's alive, right? Like, mm-hmm. he had, he never... I think it might have been different if his dad had, like, remarried Nora before he realized his mom was alive. Yeah. But I think that because he knows his mom is alive, he's always kind of like, well, Nora's the backup to my yeah. mom. And once my dad realizes that my mom is alive, then, like, he'll be like, well, who cares about Nora, right? Yeah, we can toss um, her to the wayside now because this is his true love. Yes. Yeah. 
which, as we've already discussed, has kind of been alluded to the fact that maybe things weren't so great in their relationship before. Exactly. So it seems like that plan might not work out, Marco, but... Yeah, I don't... mm, (laughs) The end of this book, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marco's just like, I don't think we can go back to save Nora. Because he he kind of assumes the Yerks have probably already gotten to her, and, like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, they have. Mm -hmm. Um... So Marco is just like, eh, don't worry about it, Dad. We're going to go stay with the chi. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I actually kind of like this because we finally do get that very specific reason as to why the chi cannot be more helpful. And mm-hmm. it's because, like, they can't just not do violence, but they cannot do anything which may lead to violence on, like, on someone else's behalf. So they literally are like we're useless in this fight except for to house like refugees or create holograms though i do question because they make the hologram later which causes the yerks to Mm -hmm. shoot at them so i'm like okay Hmm. at what point are you just saying like at what point can it be programming like how can your programming predict what's going to happen right and how much it is you guys just like choosing not to participate because of that like religion card you know yeah i i feel like we've gotten this explanation before with the chi of like hey we can't do violence or anything that like causes violence or whatever and i think we've had that same sort of like okay but like how do you decide what things cause violence Mm, right i couldn't remember them ever saying like I think when they were first before. introduced, it was oh, it was, was like alluded to books ago. It's true, yes. <laughs> but I think that's that's kind of been the complaint, right? Of like, okay, but you can't. You're not psychic. How can you predict what things? How can your programming predict what things will cause violence or like assist in warfare? Right. So right. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like. And I want everybody to put a pin in this as well as some of the other things we've mentioned because I'm going to bring it back up at the end. Um, it, it seems like they're trying to explain some stuff here, and I don't think that it really fully worked for me. The Yerk stuff, or I mean the Chi stuff. The Chi stuff, yeah. yeah. I think I was like, well, yeah, this is just slightly expanding on what we've already been told, and I still have the same questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, it says specifically that Chi cannot participate or assist in the transfer of technology that could enable war and destruction. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, so that part is, like, new to this book, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. transfer of technology thing. Yeah. Um, Which is why they're yeah, like, like, would it break your rules if you just, like, let my dad chill here? And they're like, well, as long as he likes dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and I get the but distinct I, feeling that Marco's dad does not like dogs. <laughs> well, they say, they like, he says he has some reaction to dogs because of that Euclid, the, the yes. poodle that yeah. they have that Nora owns that he does not like, but... These are bigger, nicer dogs because he likes playing with the puppies. They're good dogs, yeah. But yeah, I did, I did like that. Finally, the chi are kind of being used for something, and hopefully that continues. Yeah, yeah. So the next day, Marco meets up with the other bandalites, and he tells them what happened. And Rachel's like there to stick up for Marco, but he's essentially scolded by Cassie and Jake and a little bit of Tobias, but. Eventually, Rachel is like, hello, people. Put two and two together. Marco's dad can make zero space devices with things that exist on Earth 
That means he can rebuild it with things we stole from Radio Shack so we can spy on what the Yerks are saying. <laughs> Rachel just say this like 10 times before anyone listens to her. She's like, Rachel's, shut up and listen. <laughs> Rachel is like, I know me and also our plans are always reactive and never proactive, but we could do a proactive thing for yeah. once here. <laughs> listen to me. I'm trying to plan, not just punch. <laughs> Uh, so they're like, okay, I guess you did a good thing here, Marco. We'll give you a pass. Um, Marco and his dad then have the Chi help them stage their own deaths, which, again, here's the weird thing about causing destruction. Um, so they create these holograms of Marco and his dad being like, oh, we got to get out of town because, like, the these corporate guys are trying to kidnap me and force me to work for them for free, blah, 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 blah. Just, like, telling this story that, like, I guess uh, someone could feasibly make this up if they're trying to really deny the mm-hmm. fact that aliens exist. Um, and the Yerks just come in and shoot them, which they shoot the Chi. Um, so, like, there was violence that was done upon the Chi. Maybe because it was done upon the Chi. They're like, we can be yeah. martyrs, but we cannot allow our friends to get shot. I don't know. Well, there is a literal line that Eric says in here that... that- agrees with that statement because he says because i was gonna pull this up for my morbid moment later just Mm -hmm. you know but uh hey guys this is my morbid moment um (laughs) eric says it'll depend on the angle the duration and blind luck marco my programming only forbids me to use violence even in the best of causes it doesn't forbid me to die and marco says yeah well i do which (laughs) is very sad for eric but also super adorable love that moment for marco yeah Uh, (laughs) i forbid it (laughs) Uh, we also get confirmation that Nora has been yerked sad and Marco mm. feels guilty about not going back to save her like his dad wanted. Then he's like, I'll just try and save her later, I guess. But he does carry that guilt with him. Which I'm like, Marco, you didn't need another thing to feel guilty about. Oh, poor baby. So they take, now that they have this freedom, Marco and his dad are kind of living with the chi now, but Marco's dad agrees to help rebuild the zero space device at Axis Scoop. And we also get this line of, like, the Chi just spent all day bragging to Marco and his dad. God. The Chi tells some great stories about the last 10 centuries. Kings, conquerors, explorers, that kind of stuff. Mr. King was the cook on Darwin's ship and Henry Ford's production chief. I mean, that's very cool stuff. Fascinating stuff. Um, <laughs> how come they never, like, they never tried to do more than just, like, <laughs> being the hired help? Because that would be giving uh, technology to, I don't know. I also feel like it's very much like anytime you talk about like um, uh, past life regression or like past life psychics, you know, where they're like, oh, you were, you were Cleopatra. And like, oh, you were, were. yeah, we were all Cleopatra. Or they will at least be like, oh, you were, uh, you know, a a servant to Abraham Lincoln. You worked in his house. You know, like, it's always like... You were the law professor for Moses. Exactly. It's it's always like all of these famous people, right? Like, it's never just like, oh, you were just a dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you were a peasant. Um. (laughs) You knew nobody who we would know. Or even like, like, it's never like, oh, you were a, a, a servant to like a king that is a lesser known king that you wouldn't have learned about in yeah. like fifth grade history yeah. class, right? Like it's always like Cleopatra, Henry the Eighth, George There's Washington. There's so much history that has been lost to time. You could literally just make up any shit, but it's always yeah. like the verifiable things. 
<laughs> yeah, like the things that like people have looked into yeah. and have records of. Ugh. <laughs> I wonder if Eric got mad when Mr. King was the cook on Darwin's ship because we've kind of established that like servant servanthood is Eric's thing. Yeah. <laughs> we have the one law professor and Eric is the servant and Mr. King, you can't be both a cook on Darwin's ship and Henry Ford's production chief like you have mm-hmm. to you can be a chef or you can be an engineer but you cannot be both. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> cheating. You can't double dip. <laughs> it's it's also very um I feel like we've even talked about this before like vampire fiction where like a lot of times uh if you're writing a vampire story the like the instinct is to be like oh my vampire was at all of these like historical events, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like I guess it kind of works a little bit better with the she because there are so many of them, but it's at some point you have to be like you had to miss some of them, yeah. right? You couldn't have been at all of the important things with all of the famous people <laughs> in the people. background of all of the portraits in the gallery. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they rebuild the zero space device at Axis Scoop, and they discover that Visser One has been taken prisoner and is being put to death via Candrona starvation. And we don't know why Visser One, do we, has been taken prisoner, just that she's a traitor. Um, yeah. I assume something, because the last we heard of Visser One is she was being sent to that other planet to trick the Andalites into going there to help them so that they ignored Earth. Um, mm. So we don't really know what Visser One has done, and I don't know if we will get a longer explanation. Um, I'm just trying to look up the section real quick just to see because I don't remember it either. But maybe I just missed it. Visser one, Visser three, Visser one. A lot of Visser. Numbers. Um, will change affecting Earth. Okay, so just from the info that is on page, as Axe says, uh, I would be speculating, guessing. Um, but he also says that there are rumors that the execution of Visser 1 is part of an overall change affecting Earth. So my guess would be that whoever's in charge at this point likes Visser 3's plan better than Visser 1's Mm. and so is just saying, oh, you are... Maybe they found out out about the kids, though. I mean, that's, I guess, a possibility. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, the kids kids that Visser 1 has. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see them again. But I, I would suspect that it's some combination of that if we are to ever find out more about it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't think it directly says in this book exactly what she did that was so traitorous. So maybe that'll come up. Maybe maybe, maybe not, though, because there's not going to be a lot of this or one after this book. Well, there is, but it's a, well, let's get there. Let's get there. Yes. <laughs> after Visser 1 dies, Visser 3 will get a promotion to become Visser 1. And Which, if I was Visser 2, I'd be pretty pissed about. Yeah, like, Visser 2's got to be salty. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe Visser 2 just had nothing to do with the Earth invasion. Maybe Visser 2 was like, I'm focusing on trying to find the Elemis. You guys are playing on Earth, whatever. I'm really more of a, a broad picture type. I yeah. really just work on, on uh, construction projects. I work for, better you in know, the shadows. But we all know Visser 1's kind of the new Visser 1. Visser 3, the the Visser formerly known as 3, is kind of a (laughs) dum-dum. So maybe Visser 2 will get lucky here soon, biding their time. Yeah, I go. But we all know that from that Visser book, that Visser Visser 3 has a very different 
um, idea of how the invasion of Earth should go. And so they correctly assume that the death of Visser One means that they will also be a full-scale invasion. Yeah. So, so we are moving from guerrilla warfare to all-out warfare. Yes. So the Bandalites are like, well, the only way to verify this information is true is to go get Visser One. Um, but, you know, that's also good for Marco. They decide to break into the Yerk pool where Visser One is being held hostage. They do this by, they steal a bug fighter. Uh, they, okay, so the only entrance that they know about to the Yerk pools, after they've kind of infiltrated every other Yerk pool entrance, the only one now is one that's like underwater somewhere. They don't know much about it. But they figure, well, let's steal a bug fighter and see if that helps us. Um, they do. They trick some controllers. Marco calls the cops, and he pretends to be, like, some farmer hunter kind of guy who's like, I done did find some alien out here. Y'all better come pick it up. And, and the and and the Yerks come, and they start shooting. Uh, but the Vandalites do better fighting, and now they have a bug fighter. They all decide to morph into Hork-Bajir, and they head into the Yerk pool entrance. This is not an entrance they've ever been in before, so the other ones were, like, more pedestrian. Like, you had to actually physically walk in and go downstairs or whatever. But this is, like, an entrance for vehicles and ships and things. So they fly into this Yerk pool entrance, and they finally get their first glimpse of how big the Yerk armada really is. Like, there's so many ships and so many weapons and so many controllers that they're all kind of, like we're fucked guys like we are six (laughs) kids this is some bullshit um but i guess they're all just suppressing that for now they see visser one tied up in the middle of the yerk pool um but before they can come up with a plan to save her their identities are discovered and they decide to run around and fight a whole bunch there's some some cleverness with the like they pretend that the other hork bajir are the baddies and you know you know, yeah, typical... it was mainly just an action scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after some running around, they somehow make their way back onto another bug fighter. And then they use this to fly over to Visser One. Um, and Marco hops out of the bug fighter. He's like, I'll save you, mom. The Yerk, Visser One, attempts to escape from Marco's mom. But his mom is like, we must kill it before we leave this place. It knows all of our secrets. So... There's like this other another action scene where the axe is flying the bug fighter and he's had to like swoop away because everyone's shooting at him. And so Marco has the gorilla is trying to untie his mom from this plinth thing that they've set up over the year pool. Also, they're trying to smash the slug that's squirming around under their feet. Eventually, they succeed. Mar- they they kill the year. Take Here Mar- is my question yes. on this whole setup. So. When someone is executed by Kendrona Ray starvation in the middle of the Yerk Pool, which seems like a bad place to do that particular execution, considering they could yeah. kind of just hop out and get in the, whatever. Um, do you think that they, like, wait until they would just have to come to Kendrona Ray? Like, because they, they have to eat every three days, and it seems like most of them push it to the day three, three days, yeah. right? Yeah. So do you think they just don't? like tell them they're under arrest until day three when they show up at the pool. You know, that would be like, the smart thing, but you know Visser One is like... <laughs> do, you think, do you think they went and got her on day one and were like, all right, 
you tie you up here for three days. Yes. Three days. We all got to watch you die slowly over three days. <laughs> Visitor 3 was too anxious to extract revenge. <laughs> I don't know. I still think, like, as many times as Visser 1 has escaped death, I yes. still am not convinced Visser 1 is dead, even though Marco has crushed her under his big gorilla foot. I think we can, I think I'm going to say she's dead dead I because. Know, but I just feel like the ghost of Visser 1 is going to pop up later in this book. There there might be some shenanigans that she set in motion that come up to bite us in the ass, but I don't think we're going to see the actual Visser 1, Yeah, you know? It just seems like such a, this is kind of like the end, uh, the last season of Game of Thrones where Cersei and Jaime mm-hmm. die because the, they get buried under bricks. Like Visser 1 just kind of like, like I feel like the death should have been more momentous. Like there should have been more of like a, some sort of redemption here, like with her kids and, and Marco. I don't know, but instead Marco just steps on her and that's it. I mean, I liked it because mm. I felt like it was very similar to the um, the Buffa ca- the Buffy human, oh God, where it was just like thing. kind of out of nowhere, sudden and violent, and <laughs> out of nowhere, helicopter comes and blows it up. Yeah, because I feel like that's kind of the point, right? Of like, yeah, not yeah, everyone gets a big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like do. it's war, right? Yeah. You, you sometimes just smush the enemy under your boot and move yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, you got to get the kill when you can. Yeah. But I, I just, I felt like Visser 1 had so much buildup, you know, mm-hmm. a whole book from their point of view. and. But, I mean, they did make it to book 45. That is and true. And I do, I do think it is smart to kill Visser 1 off now at this point so that we can kind of focus up on whoever they want the big bad to be. I kind of, well, the this Visser is getting into. The formerly known as three. Yeah, but, or Cryak. Like, if that we were too. really going to pivot and focus on Cryak, like, we need to start killing Sweep off the, the board, yeah. Yes, yes, because it's it's not. I don't think it's feasible for the last book of this series if we are going to get resolution. Which originally, you guys remember, my pitch was that the last book of the series was going to be that like it was the revelation to the rest of the world, and now the war began, right? Mm-hmm. Which nope, that's not it because that's happening right now, pretty much. Next book, we'll talk about it in a couple weeks. But yeah. um, I I think that. If that's not what they're doing, if they are actually going to resolve this war, then yes, they need to not have too many big bads on the board because that's going to be really difficult to get through in 130 pages, you know? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I guess they're just mopping up here, essentially, is what they're doing. Cut, Starting to tie off threads. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they take Marco's mom and dad... To go stay with the free hork Bajir in the valley. They're happy to be reunited. Though they, they do skip all the adult stuff. Like, hey, honey, I remarried. I guess this is big of me. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, and Marco also tells his dad. Marco tells a big lie to his a dad. A big old lie. Yes. Um, his dad's like, what are we going to do about Nora? And Marco's like, Nora's been a yerk the whole time. She never loved you, dad. Go yes. date mom. Essentially, Marco feels like he has to make this decision between having his family back the way he wants it or moving forward with this new family that he has no preconceived notions, like what it could be, one where his Mm -hmm. mom and dad are still alive but not together. Because his dream has always been reunite my parents, be one Mm -hmm. big happy family again. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, I got to go with what I know. Fuck Nora. Fuck Nora. You got to forget her dad. 
There is also, even if we take Marco's mom out of the equation, yes. there is kind of the question of, is it kinder to his dad that he believes that this relationship was fake, basically, mm-hmm. but therefore is able to live his weird Hork-Bajir Tarzan life um, without as much worry or guilt uh, because the woman that he loved basically never existed, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was all a ruse by these years. Or is it kinder to let him suffer with the knowledge that the person that he loves is a yerk, but have that memory of that love still be pure, right? Right. And I don't know which side, even if we take out Marco's mom, I don't know which side is kinder. I think I would lean towards the tell the truth because Marco's dad is an adult and he deserves yes. to know all the facts, but I'm also not in this situation. Yeah. So who knows? Well, and Marco has made, made a comment earlier in the book where he felt like he was in the position of like role reversal, where he was the, the parent taking mm-hmm. charge and his dad was the child. And I think this is like, he has, he has twisted this scenario into that as well as like, I'm the one that has to, that is the, the, the one that knows about these situations has more yeah. experience with these things. So I'm just going to tell my dad what, what I think what is I right. think he should hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, Marco. This I feel like this can come back and bite you in the butt, Marco. <laughs> but I feel like not. it almost certainly will. But maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. this or, or maybe mom Eva will be like, Marco, your dad and I things we were gonna get a divorce anyway. I truly okay, so I'm just gonna get right into serious theories. I know we usually do that last, okay. but like, I have like one more note. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, just because the book ends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of with course, of course. The Andalites. They decide to use the zero space device to contact the Andalites, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. book ends with them saying, "Hi, this is Earth," and the Andalites answering. And then there's the weird thing from the the like, what was this at the end? Because this happens in the next book too. What was this weird, this weird thing at the end? The we do know who they are, and we know you too thing. What was that? Oh. I don't know. I don't know if I had that. Oh, had did you people. not? Let me let me run to the end. I didn't have. I had that in the next book. Yeah, it's in this book too. It was like in the middle of the next book. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. not have that in the ebook version of this though. I feel cheated. Yeah, there is for those of you reading along on ebook. Got to get that physical copy because yes. there's this weird thing at the end where there's like separated from the rest of the book and in a different font. Um, we do know who they are, dot, 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 and we know you too, dot, dot, dot. What is that about? That who creeped is that? me out. That creeped me out. Like, I was like, what is that supposed to, like, I, and I mean, obviously, it's supposed to creep you out, right? Because yeah. it's like, we know you too. That must be something um, that they're adding in for the last 10 books, like this last arc here of like, yeah. So we think, is that, the fact that it says we, though, I'm like, is it the Elemists? Is it like Cryok? I don't know. It can't be the year. Can you read it be one more time? Wild. Sorry. We do know who they are, dot, dot, dot. And we know you, too, dot, dot, dot. Hmm. And this is right after. So Jake talks into the transpotter, and he said, this is Earth. Yeah, so maybe someone knows who the Animorphs are. But who's you? Yeah, that's my thought. It's supposed to be me. Are you trying to put me as a character in these books? Because I am. I I think that's what's I think it's the reader, right? Like It has to be. Like, someone's talking to us. Yeah. Fourth wall breaking, Elemists or Cryax or. I feel like we're getting some weird, like, meta shit here. Though, 
Mark. Okay, here's the thing. Marco knew that the year it was the year's calling his dad because they said we are trying to we need mm. you to come in and yeah, Marco yeah, yeah. was like we that has to be the year's also using the word we know who you are it's the yerks the yerks know who the andalites are vandalites are and they also know who we are as part of the resistance oh my god the yerks are coming for us i feel like that is because again i i'm wondering if this book is still going the series is still going to end on a like and now you have to take up the charge sort of thing oh my god right? wouldn't that be wild that would be so cool Okay, but I want to talk about serious theories because yes. I got a few here. Yes, um, let's hear them. So first off, I think exactly nine more books. I think exactly what you said. I think even though Nora may be yerked or whatever, I don't think I don't think there's a happy ending for Marco's parents here. I think no. that they were already in trouble before the, all this went down. I think they are different people now. I think that Ava's going to be like. Um, I have been tortured for the last like several years, and you I don't am know not my life. the same woman. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they're gonna get back together, regardless of Nora. Yeah. Um, number one, number two. Oh shit! Marco's dad, two wives, both yerked. That sucks. Neither of them will be the same. <laughs> really, really bad uh, track record for Marco's dad. Don't marry Marco's dad, ladies. <laughs> uh. He's too important. He knows too much stuff. <laughs> um, number two. Yeah. I think that this is marking. You know, this is probably a gimme, but this is marking the point where we are going to see some attempts to what'd you get it's a, a strawberry trait? daiquiri freeze which is kind of like an icy oh. Oh. um i think we're going to see some attempts to uh start attack stop it it's very cold <laughs> stop <laughs> i think we're going to see some attempts to start uh uh tactically getting uh, allies since we have mm, yes they have said repeatedly we cannot do this on our own there are just too many fucking ships and to some extent we see this play out in the next book but i think that they're going to more move towards recruiting people that we already know or that we have been introduced to so that we can get that big team up i crave yes um, i need it my third theory is actually a meta theory i am wondering if we are starting to see, and this might be just not the case, but I feel like this book and the next one, more than any others, is interested in like trying to explain plot holes, um, like the 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 chi thing that we talked about, yeah. like in this book where they're like, oh, zero space. Oh, let me explain how why we're calling that zero space. I'm wondering if we are starting to see the effects of the early internet on this series because. <laughs> I don't know, like, this was written in 2000. I can't yeah. imagine there was a ton of, like, Animorphs dedicated spaces, but maybe there, like... Uh, I think there was some kids-only message boards on AOL. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, thinking about, like, book reviews now versus book reviews in, like, 2000, mm -hmm. like, now basically every book has a million, like, reviews responding to it and picking it apart, right? Yes. Um... Like, I feel like that certainly wasn't the case in 2000 when, uh, you know, unless you were like a, a New York Times best-selling author, like yeah. you weren't going to get your book even reviewed at all that much. Um, but I'm wondering if maybe there were there was beginning to be kind of like this nitpicking thing sort of coming up mm -hmm. where maybe Scholastic and the authors might have been pushing it 
pushing back on that with kind of being like, okay, we have to be a little tighter. We have to like explain yeah. some stuff. I don't know. Um, be interesting to look into. I'm probably not gonna. The but. the yeah the early internet history of book reviews. Yeah, like I feel like, I feel like that definitely must certainly overall. I don't know if this is actually a case of that, but I I certainly think overall the ability for reviews to be written um, is kind of a double edged sword. Both because we get like good things like people who typically do not have the access to power that they that like printed reviews need Mm -hmm. uh being able to throw out their comments on stuff which brings to light a lot of like hey this is shitty rep or like hey you don't have any queer people in any of your books what's the deal with that (laughs) sort of vibes right Mm -hmm. um which is great but I think it does also lead to this sort of like even the stuff that we do of just picking stuff apart to this extent where then creators feel like they have to like justify everything, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm I I don't know. It'd be Tony to be interesting a content to, creator in 2021. Oh, I mean I know we're doing it, but like I couldn't do it. We're not really. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are we are content consumers. I think yeah, more than creators, content reporters. Um, so we are fully part of the problem, and I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like other reviewers. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, I do think that we strive to uh, be measured with our criticisms and not, well, not measured with our criticisms, but I think that we strive to explain that this is not a review as much as, like, how we are, di- how we are We just, like, dunk it on shit. Yeah, and also, like, it's, like, our responses to the book, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not, like... It's a personal I'm... journey you've taken yes. with us yes. through a middle-grade science fiction series. Versus, like, this thing has plot holes, and so it is bad, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's what we're saying. But I'm wondering if it was getting that sort of response at the time, and that was maybe... Maybe the ghostwriters got a bit of a marching order. I yeah. don't know. Or, I mean, it could simply have been like, oh, we got to wrap this up in 10 books. Yeah. Uh, here are the things. You, here's X, Y, and Z. You need to highlight these things. <laughs> yeah. I would love to be, like, privy to the emails between, I mean, I would assume they exist, the emails between Scholastic, Applegate, and the ghostwriters. Yeah. Uh, just to see kind of, like, what that process is, how much of this was outlined by Applegate, how much of it was uh, Ghostwriter invented. Yeah. You know, like, I would love to, to see exactly what the breakdown oh, yes. is. The equivalent of the storyboards for mm-hmm. a series of this caliber. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be super interesting. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, well, I guess working backwards, who's <laughs> m- most valuable morph? Rachel. Rachel. Rachel was a very good girl in this one. I enjoyed her. Rachel did a whole lot of fighting without an arm. And I would like to uh, draw attention to the point that this is at least the second time Rachel has lost a limb in battle. And I'm and still it might be the third. Um, And I'm wondering if this she at what point she is going to out uh, de arm Star Wars because (laughs) she seems to be just a one woman. Been, arm removal factory This is over foreshadowing here. for her losing a real limb. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I said Marco. Um, I feel Marco like he, did, he had a lot of growth in this book um, yeah. that I think we, we kind of see the impact of it in the next book um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's, Marco's changed a little bit. Also, he's dead. 
technically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, fully is on the run now and yeah. has to pretend not to exist. Yeah, he's like, I don't have to go to school anymore. <laughs> this is fine. This is great. Wish These that she had definitely... HBO, but I don't have to go to school. <laughs> Lord. Marco, you need to learn geometry. Truly, um, Marco, of all of the children, you need to go to school the most. I fear for you, I Marco. Almost, <laughs> I almost feel like it's less that Marco needs to go to school because he needs, he needs like, the structure. To learn stuff. Yes, he needs, like, other children to be, like, to give him pushback and be like, Marco, it's weird when you hit on girls like a 50-year-old man. Please stop doing that. Yes. It's just his worst impulses are just going to be left unchecked. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And having, like, no outlet at all, like, no, Mm -hmm. can't goof with Rachel and Jake at school. So what's he going to do is just be really outrageous once he gets around other people. It's going to be rough. Going to be, going to be, yeah, going to be a hard time for Marco. Uh, Morbid moment. Um, I already kind of mentioned the one with the chi where Eric was like, I'm allowed to die. And yes. I was like, wow, that's very grim. Um, I would also say everything with Ava and Visser one was a lot. Cause, uh, I agree. there definitely is the, she like, she's like, can't let Visser one get away sort of vibe trying to kill I her. I really but thought like, she was going to die there in that Eric pool. I did not think Eva was going to mm, make it out. But she did. But she did. I feel like she's on borrowed time, man. I, I think she'll be okay. I think. I think it would be cruel at this point for Marco to have his mom perma die. I think she's going to be safe with the chi. I hope so. How about you? You got a morbid moment? Mine was Marco's big lie to his dad. Mm, I just, yeah. I, it's not, it's not really like your traditional divorce, but I still feel like it has like echoes of a child of divorce situation here where he's having I've... to choose between old family new family and like where mm-hmm. does where do I fit in with all of these parents now and yeah I don't know I felt that way too but I was like I don't know if that's accurate because like my parents were together mm-hmm. through my childhood so I was actually interested to hear like your take on that of like how how this uh reads to you and that's yeah yeah, yeah I think because we can't the the puzzle pieces are never gonna go back together the way Marco mm. wants them to. And he just hasn't realized it yet. And Well, he has realized it, but I think he's like, he's prolonging that reality as long as he can. And it just makes me feel for Marco yeah. a lot. So what can you do? It was a rough, a rough situation. And again, I think very um, well done in that it was like, there's a lot of blurring of the lines of like, how much of this is for the war and how much of this yes. is for personal reasons and, how much of it doesn't matter which one it's for because you just got to get through it somehow, you know? Yes. And I, I just, the way that this ghostwriter, like, I, I feel like there could, it would have been so easy for the, for an adult to be like, oh, and then the teen lashes out at everybody. And it's like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be around you, dad. I want to be around you, mom. And like internalizes it all. But like Marco really is like trying to find a solution that, that would work or would please everybody and just yeah I feel like that's I, much more realistic too I, I also feel like it is hard because there is like I think if we put this in the real world setting of like divorce and or like you know new step parent like there's uh kind of this like well, of course, the child would push back against a step parent, and that's mm-hmm. you know fine, but not good, and you know that sort of thing. Whereas it's like, yeah, but like no, there's like an actual tact again, a tactical reason why Marco yes. would push back against Nora. Right at this point, she has been yerked. Yeah. So it's like, it would be a lot easier tactically if their new tech expert 
was just happy with Ava. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> very true. So, I mean, like it's, it's a very, a very human conundrum mm-hmm. that is like made a lot worse by this situation. Yes. Yeah. And Marco's been kind of painted as the group's tactician. Mm-hmm. So who knows what, what he's really thinking. Yeah. Well, oh man good book well, excellent book good book good yes book. thank you ellen. uh good work ellen and applegate however much you uh yeah. contributed but yeah we move on eye. to other books mm-hmm. um so next week we are going to be wrapping up my unit on the great american novel with the book of unknown americans by christina enriquez and then the week after that we will be back with another morphs monday with animorphs number 46 the deception yes axe bov and a rare direct follow-up to mm. the previous novel. We don't get that like, a lot. Seconds after. Yeah. And we've seen it like maybe one other time. Like the David trilogy. Yeah. Oh, and I think there was um one other after that where it was like like in I wanna say like forty one or forty or something. There was one that was like right after the other with, with Tobias being tortured. Oh or, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that one was immediately after. Um, but yeah, none of that uh, usual sliding in. A um, week the first later, chapter. everything's back yeah. to normal. <laughs> right? Seems yeah. like that's not the case now. We have we have things in motion. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Me too. I'm so excited. To, I like. I'm very anxious to see how this story wraps up. I am very excited yeah. to continue. I feel like this is the first time since like. I remember when we started this project, I was like, I just want to read them all now. Yeah. Right? Like, I just want to keep going. And I feel, I'm starting to feel it's that a way real again. Chore where to I'm stop. like, yeah, where I'm like, oh, God, I just want to, I, let's just read them all and record them all in advance. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we, I think it would be difficult. A little we bit. Did. It's probably yeah. better to pace it out. But that is what my, my brain is telling me I should do. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, if you have your own series theories, if you have a guess as to how this whole thing is going to wrap up, please tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast. But or guesses us. only. Do not spoil Don't, it. Don't. Yes. Oh, my God. If you send us spoilers, I'm going to block you. Um, For real. You can also email us, ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. Again, if you, if you, if you send us spoilers, I'm going to send you back some something weird, and it's going to scar your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like now people are going to do it just to see what you send back. If you send us spoilers, we'll be sad, and you should feel bad about that. And I will send you weird pictures (laughs) to find on the internet. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should, or I will send you weird pictures that I found on the internet. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of K.A. Applegate, we do know who they are, and we know you, too. Oh my God, why? Why would you end with that? It's so foreboding. <laughs> I think there was also a quote I wanted to bring up here, but I don't remember. Um, Sorry. I just want to scroll through here real quick. I know you're sweating. (laughs) No, it's fine. This is giving me a chance to cool down. (laughs) 
This was, that wasn't like a passive aggressive me starting to fan the book. Like, hurry it up. That was like, oh, good. We got to get this recording done. And it's doing um. something so I can fan myself. 